Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Sideline with the Cooks. I'm Erica and this week I am solo. Um, my mother's fine, she's just doing some traveling safely, um, so she won't be with me this week. And um, I didn't want to record without her because we're since we've switched, switched to this bi-weekly format, um, I figured going another week with everything that's happened that uh, you know, I could at least record even if I'm solo dolo. Of course, it would be a shorter episode because I just don't want to sit here and talk to myself and go on and on and on. So, um, I'll just kind of quickly run through uh, the three headlines that we we talked about discussing this week. Uh, first thing first, the MLB is planning to make their return. Um, the plan right now is a 60 game season, and at this moment, we are just waiting for. Uh, the players to sign off on the safety protocols and and acknowledge like when they will start to return to uh, to facilities so that the season can can go ahead and continue. I'm I'm very interested that they the teams and the owners and the players association was finally able um, to to come together and, and figure this out after months and months of like negotiations and going nowhere and team owners trying to take every advantage possible I felt like and the players you know fighting for their pay um which is fine with me I understand that you know these players make millions and millions of dollars and the rest of us are you know a lot of us are struggling a lot of us you know had to file for employment, have been waiting on just this measly $1,200 the government decided to get us and been trying to figure out how to, how to make things do the past couple months. Um, but for, you know, these players and their salaries, it's not just them, you know, hoarding, or at least it doesn't come off to me as them just hoarding, like, their assets they're taking into, taking, taking into account the risk factors associated um, with returning to the season, returning to to the dugouts and being in the locker room with other people, there there's a gigantic risk to return to play during a pandemic. Um, outside of just kind of that, what we've seen so far, or at the beginning of the pandemic of this life or death, and if you got it, things are really bad, and and a lot of people were dying. Like now, we not as many people are dying from the virus, but they're still there's still an impact after you start to feel better. Um, there's still health concerns. There's still, you have to worry about, you know, getting back to normal and that could take a while. Some people, uh, we, you know, there's reports out there and, and articles about all the ways that their body hasn't gotten better since they started to feel better. And that some of their organs still, you know, are shutting down or still are, are functioning at a diminished capacity. Um, the fact that this is a respiratory disease and these are professional athletes that need to be in tip-top shape. That's a concern. If you're if you have diminished lung capacity for the rest of your life because of this virus, how um, effective are you going to be as a professional player? Um, will you will doctors clear you to continue to play professionally if they if you do continue to have lung issues? Um, how long do will the symptoms continue to last after you kind of get over the the worst of it? So. Uh, Players were fighting for a lot. Uh, I think the biggest thing they were fighting for is that if if we're gonna go out there and put our put our lives on the line, put ourselves at risk, put our families at risk, then we would like to be uh, compensated. We don't want to 
we we want to be paid so i feel like that was the biggest issue um somehow they they figured it out what they were going to do and right now we're at the point where players the players association is just voting and, and signing off on on safety protocols so any day now we'll be figuring out what what the uh what major league baseball will be doing um what their return uh what their return will be what it will look like as far as the health and safety protocols um so you know there is a chance that we could get some professional base back uh baseball back this uh this year all right moving on so the biggest story over the weekend uh, that broke on sunday was that there was a noose found in the team garage for bubba wallace and those uh those who don't know bubba wallace is the only black driver in nascar right now um Bubba Wallace put pressure on NASCAR to ban the Confederate flag. And, of course, um, the past few days, we've seen a lot of people very, very upset um, at the banning of the Confederate flag um, at Talladega on Sunday during the race. Someone even paid money to fly a banner over the stadium with the race over the race stadium. Um, that said, you know, defund NASCAR with a, a big old Confederate flag. Um, NASCAR allowed a, a small amount of fans to show up, and those fans, of course, brought in the Confederate flags with them. And I appreciate what NASCAR is doing, you know, finally, finally, finally taking taking this step and calling out, calling out the racism, you know, Banning the Confederate flag was was a big deal, but I think it took too long for them to get there. So they're going to have to prepare themselves for the fight that's going forward, the pushback. And um, the first thing that we saw was the reports of a noose being found in Bubba Wallace's garage. Now, I will say a team member um, on Bubba's team found the noose, so Bubba never actually saw it, which I'm very grateful for. But... Of course, they reported it to NASCAR right away. NASCAR launched an investigation right away. They got the FBI to come in and assist with the investigation. And within the past hour, the news broke that the FBI determined that um, Bubba Wallace wasn't a victim of a hate crime. That that rope that was fashioned fashioned as a noose um, had been present in in the garage since October of 2019. Um, so uh, it's good to hear initially that this wasn't something placed in the in the team's garage um, out of response to you know the stand that Bubba has made the past uh, couple weeks in trying to push NASCAR in the right direction and, and open up to a new fan base that would feel more welcome, you know, being being a fan more welcome coming to races without, you know, Confederate flags being flown everywhere. But the NASCAR, they could have did this a while ago, so they need to prepare themselves for explaining why now was the time, why in the past they coddled all these people, and they decided that they were more important. And But they're also going to have to prepare themselves for the fight going forward. To know what, and I hope they know what they're up against. Um you know, as as black people, especially black people from the South, I mean, it's not a rare occurrence to see a Confederate flag somewhere. And we've, you know, black people have been telling folks for 
for a while now, for years and years and years of how how it's a sign of racism. It's not some sign of Southern pride because if, if, if that was the case, then like black people could also celebrate the Confederacy and we don't. And there's a very specific reason why we don't cause slavery, cause racism. We understand very well what it means. Um, especially with all these black, li- black lives matter protests going on. And you see the counter protesters showing up with Confederate flags. Why are you showing up to a black lives matter Black Lives Matter protests with your Confederate flag, um, but it's supposed to represent Southern heritage. No, it represents racism. Um, it'd be one thing if this was a bunch of Northerners coming down to protest and you showed up with your Confederate flag. Sure, maybe you could get away with this Southern heritage crap, but in response to a protest about Black people and, and, and ending police brutality and defunding the police, you show up in response with your Confederate flag. That's no longer about Southern heritage. No, I'm sorry. It's not. That's crap. And most of us, are, we're not going to stand for it. A lot of us, we're not going to stand for it. And NASCAR has decided that they're not going to stand for it. So um, it's good news to hear that that wasn't, the noose wasn't placed there in retaliation to Bubba taking the stance that he has and, and pushing NASCAR in the right direction. Um, and from what I've read so far, the NASCAR president uh, can, says that they will continue to investigate why that news was even there in the first place. Um, according to the article on ESPN, a member of another team said that um, they remember seeing seeing the rope there as like a way to open and, and close the garage. But I, why would it be fashioned as a noose in order to open and close the garage? We've all seen, you know, rope be used to to open and close garages before and none of them have I've never seen one that's fashioned as a noose so I don't understand why that one would so I'm I'm want to see the results of the continued investigation as of why it was there in the first place but as of right now the FBI is determining that Bubba Wallace is not a victim of a hate crime that wasn't placed there in retaliation um it had been there since October and if there's clear evidence that, you know, that that rope had been there since October, then kind of have to take, you know, take it for what it is. Um, I'm not going to lie to you all. I am a bit skeptical. For me, the FBI hasn't been the most trust- trustworthy organization when it comes to matters of, of race. So we will we will see. I will take this for what it's worth right now. If they say there's evidence out there to prove that it was there in October, then it must have been there in October. And the next step is to find out why it's been there since October. And um, according to the NASCAR president, they will continue their investigation to figure out why it was even there in the first place. And last thing that I want to talk about today is just the NBA. Uh, They're still planning on returning at the end of July. Uh, The past couple weeks have been interesting. We've heard conversations and and concerns and questions from the players um, about what what restarting the season will look like with being in the bubble in Orlando and and those concerns. Um, We've heard and read reports about players, you know, thinking that hey, this isn't the time for the NBA to start right now. It'll take away from from the social movement, the, the, the push for social change that's going on outside. It'll take away from the protests. It'll take away from, you know, this, the fight against racism that we're all participating in right now. 
Um, we've even uh, heard reports of uh, someone suggesting that the players take their money and start their own league. Um, but as of right now, the NBA is still planning on going forward. Um, we are now kind of hearing concerns about the safety of players when the case count for coronavirus in Florida is it's continuing to rise and what they're going to do in order to keep these players safe. Um, the NBA did uh, lay out their details of what being in the bubble will look like, kind of what, where players will be staying, what amenities they will have access to in order to keep them in this bubble. Um, but you're, you're still asking, you know, these adults who most of them have families to to spend up to three months away from away from their kids away from their families and I think that's I think that'll be interesting I think that for me that was the biggest concern of what how are we going to how's the season going to continue with with these players being separated from their families it, it's one thing if it's a couple of weeks but for three months um and we've started kind of to see what effect that has uh, as players are starting to make those decisions of whether or not they're going to sit out once the season resumes and one of the bigger names out there is Trevor Ariza and he's saying that he will be sitting out because of a custody battle that he's dealing with right now and he only gets visitation with his child once a month so he can't sequester himself for three months like that just wouldn't work out for for him and his family right now and I wouldn't be surprised if that's the case for for more players um if we find out um I'm I'm I I don't want to say I'm torn on whether or not the season should resume because I would, of course, I would love to see some NBA basketball if they can figure out a way to do this safely. And the NBA has spent time trying to figure out the best way to the best way to do this. And it's going to be trial and error because there's just so much about coronavirus that we still don't know. Um, you know, the NBA doesn't know it. The CDC doesn't know it. It's just there's so much, so many unknowns with this virus. Um so the NBA making the attempt to to return, I think that's good. I think that the NBA has, along with the uh, with returning, they're still going to give players the platform to continue to fight racism, to continue to fight um, police brutality, which I'm excited to see. Um, you know, of, there were reports that players felt that it would distract people and. And my response to that is like, who, who are the people that you're, that you are saying will be distracted? Um, you know, I know you can't possibly be talking about black people because, Hey, we've been fighting racism and police brutality all these years while the NBA was going on. And if you think we're going to be distracted from everything, that's like you telling us that we can't walk and chew gum and that, and that's not cool. So, but if you're talking about other, you know, non-black people who have been in this fight for the past couple of weeks, the past month, and and for them to automatically just be like, nope, NBA is back, um, you know, oh, well, they'll figure it out, I, they don't need me anymore, um, for for that, I was like, if that's your approach to it, that all it takes for it is the NBA to come back for you to, 
just completely stop what you're doing, then were you really with us in the first place? Um, not to mention this, it, from my understanding, games won't be, it just won't be a, a bunch of games all day long. Like people can still go to work, watch games, have a life. Um, you'll still be able to participate in protests, come home, watch games, have a life. It's not like that people would just be, are so desperate for some kind of sports right now that it would just complete, they would just completely devoid themselves from everything else that's going on in, in the world. So I do disagree that the, the return of the NBA will, would be a distraction since, um, the commissioner has decided that it is okay for players to express their opinion. They're going to give the players this platform. They're going to uh, continue to work with players with community programs and and participating in in protests. Now, they may not physically be there on the ground, but they they support the protests and they are doing what they can to give these players a, plat- a platform. So I don't think it'll be a distraction. I think, honestly, it would be a nice break from everything that's going on and, and that would be nice to have. Um and so uh as kind of we get later into the week, I believe we'll be finding out more um from players who are deciding not to return and we will see how this goes. Uh, I know there are a lot of concerns about the rising case numbers in Florida and how that will affect the bubble and the safety and getting players there without contracting the virus and isolation and and things like that which um more information will come as you know anything right now dealing with the pandemic it's it's ever changing what what we knew not last week probably isn't true this week and what we know this week won't be true next week as well so we will be keeping um keeping our eye on it for sure and that is all for this week's episode um, we will be back next week when my mom is back home from traveling safely. So we will put out a, uh, an episode next week as well. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Um, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify. You can find us on Google Podcasts. Um, you can find us on Stitcher Radio. And if you're looking for us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at SidelineWTCooks. And you can find us on Facebook You can check out our page, uh, Sideline with the Cooks podcast, and we'll be back next week. Bye.